All right, Kev, we're back. Welcome to the Surviving Golf Show. We are officially uh, teed off for the season. The Survivor Pool starts this week. We have our first golf tournament in the books. Uh, we are full steam ahead. Uh, our, our new schedule is, as you're about to hear it, I think we're moving everything back one day. Uh, the podcast will be either Monday or Tuesday. The newsletter will be out on Wednesday to give everybody a full day to sort of digest um, the more golf-centric content that we're about to put up. Uh, that's survivinggolf.substack.com for those that are interested. Um, I know this week there'll be a little stock report. Uh, and, of course, tracking our bets, of which we both had a successful uh, first week. But before we get to all that, we did have our first of, uh, I guess, the first audience call out that we're actually going to acknowledge and, and rectify. Um, there's been a story that we've been holding on to for a couple of weeks for a better time. And I think now's the time. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Kev and I will be playing in a simulator league this winter that I'm sure will be exhilarating for all of you to hear about on a week-to-week basis. It starts this Thursday, um, but we had a little practice session a couple weeks ago that Kev went pretty, pretty interesting for you. So why don't you uh, why don't you take it away? Yeah, good to be back. Um, yeah, this is a solid story, so we'll we'll sort of open with this. But yeah. Um... Ed and I in this simulator league, it's in uh, in Braintree um, at their little, sort of little municipal course there. They have a nice little setup, couple track man simulators um, right in the clubhouse. Um, so I had known about the leagues. I knew Ed had, had done it last year, um, but I had never been inside to see the setup. So um, I wanted to book in uh, just a couple hours on the sim, you know, just to get a feel for what it looked like, how, the, how it played and, and sort of stuff like that. So uh, this was over school break kind of somewhere right after Christmas, right? I think it was the day yeah, after Christmas. I feel Christmas. like that, um, the day, that gap between the, the Christmas and the new year, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah. Which, which blends together a lot, but um, so it was kind of poor planning by me. I, I was going to be coming up from Rhode Island, uh, coming back to Massachusetts, kind of getting my stuff together before I had to go back to school. And um, j- just didn't work it out super well. So I didn't have my clubs down in Rhode Island. Um, didn't want to drive all the way back up north of Boston to then come back down to Braintree. So I had long story short, I had played a couple rounds uh, with my stepdad over the break outdoor rounds. Uh, Cause we had a couple nice days in December uh, and he's a left-handed golfer like me. So I was just playing out of his bag using his club. So I, I used them for uh, one nine hole round and then, and then a full 18 hole round, um, you know, not even a week prior to this. So uh, I kind of got the idea in my head, you know, I, I, I assume, you know, he's comfortable letting me use his clubs outside. I, and I knew that I was going up to to play the simulator with that. I, I kind of asked him if it'd be okay if I could use his clubs, um, you know, just for the night. So, so uh, we had this place booked for like maybe seven o'clock ish. Um, so I drove up from Rhode Island. It was about a, you know, a little between an hour, hour and a half drive. Um, and I get up there very excited. Uh, the setup is great. And, um, we had booked the place for two hours. So we're teeing off. Uh, we played about maybe, um, 20 minutes. I'm not playing super well, to be honest, kind of getting used to like the, the setup and everything. Um, but anyway, I mean, we like, we are not far into this two hour span and I go up, uh, with his driver, which, uh, is the new stealth two driver. And uh, I, sh- I should add a callback to a to a previous episode, if I remember correctly, is a replacement of a broken sim, uh, which is where we found out about the incredible tailor-made customer service, if I remember correctly. 
That is correct. And we have told that story on the pod as well. Um, so if you're a longtime listener, you know about that one. Uh, and so the, something that what happened next, I, I've never seen, not just for myself swinging a golf club, but for anyone ever swinging a golf club. Um, and, and just sort of from my perspective, I, I take a swing with the driver. Um, the club makes contact with the ball and I just hear this like sort of snap right next to my ear. Um, and, and I feel the club just sort of break in half and, and I look at it and, and the, the shaft is completely snapped, uh, kind of like a couple inches down from the grip, from like the bottom of the grip, which again, like if you've ever seen a golf club broken, they typically get broken, like on the head itself, or if the shaft does break, it's down by the head of the club. This was sort of very unorthodox and, and obviously just kind of stopped everything. And in, in the simulator bay that we were playing and the guys next to us were just like, you know, sort of dumbfounded. And, and uh, Ed and I just beside ourselves, I'm distraught because I don't know uh, what I'm going to do, you know, with this club that is not mine. Um, but so we sort of regroup, um, you know, just like, okay, there's nothing we can do about it now. We're going to continue playing the round. Um, and as if that wasn't bad enough, maybe, I don't know, how much time do you think passed it? Like three real minutes? Yeah, three minutes, minutes. Three minutes. So, now, so, yeah. so I go I go up with a five iron um, and I'm hitting like a, a fairway, you know, shot, whatever. And I hit the I hit the ball, not super well, but I didn't hear anything or see anything break in the club and i remember walking back to the bay and looking at the head of the club and and this club is cracked in the head straight down the middle of the club um and now i am like more than distraught because i have now destroyed two of my uh stepfather's clubs who had was gracious enough to let me borrow them i i, I feel like like i almost can't go on at this point we have a full another hour and a half to play uh, and I almost just didn't even want to play anymore. I was just sitting like in, in the bar stool, like just kind of distraught. And and from there, Ed and I just go on. Uh, we do like a little short, like 100 yards and in chipping game where I don't have to hit any more full shots uh, right. out of fear from break, possibly breaking another club. Um, but so obviously tough ride home for me, tough, tough night. Um, but there is a, a, a good ending. The, um, the ping, the, the iron was under warranty, so that got fully replaced. Um, and in the kindness of, or through the kindness of TaylorMade, my stepdad has just acquired uh, multiple of these um, driver shafts. They just keep sending him either by mistake or to the wrong address. Um, so I had an extra one that he had actually given me, so I was able to replace the driver shaft as well. Um, and nobody had to spend any money on the ordeal. So um, about as good as, as we could have turned out for, for what we thought was going to happen. Yeah, my my takeaways. I mean, you sort of alluded to it. Um, I've seen clubs broken. I've I've seen clubs often broken on purpose, and those you know sort of split right down the middle because they're over your knee. I've never seen a club break accidentally without making contact with either uh, firm turf, a root, uh, like a rock that you can't see, like a tree branch, something like that. And I can assure. Um, your stepdad, if he's listening, there was no rage involved here. We were very early on in the night and both shots were hit very flush. Like the driver, obviously you can't really, you shouldn't really be hitting the ground. Uh, it did not hit the ground. It just hit the ball on top of a tee uh, and snapped like, like where the handle is. I don't know if your, you know, your swing speed is just too much for your stepdad's shaft. And then the iron, like same thing, like not a heavy shot. And when he says like the club is like down the middle, 
cracked. Like that is not an exaggeration. Like in the sweet spot, like down the middle of the iron face, um, entirely cracked. Like you could almost sort of see into the like cavity of the club. Uh, very weird, very, very weird incident. And yes, um, stopped, stopped everything in both bays. Um, I think when the driver was broken, people thought uh, you had gotten pissed and broken it. But then when the iron was also broken, it was sort of like more of a curiosity thing. Um, I don't know if all of that is a great omen for our, our league success, but we will see on Thursday, the back nine of Liberty Country Club. We will see that'll be our first outing uh, with your own club. So if you get there unscathed, um, we'll, we'll hope to have a better uh, a better outing uh, than that particular thing. And yeah, the uh, the wedge game, if you can imagine this, um, two little settings. The first one is you are on the top of a skyscraper chipping to another skyscraper. That's interesting. But better than that, you are in Jurassic Park and you're chipping to a target which is being infested by T-Rexes. And all you can hear in our bay is the like the wailing of dinosaurs, if that's the word, like the roaring wailing whatever you would call that sound um everybody else sort of has like the sweet like calm sound of like wind in like a golf course trees but you come in ours it feels like you're on a disney like jurassic park ride um so a very very eventful night um yeah like i said leading into the new year um but all's well that ends okay clubs are replaced and to uh you know to close the new year you and i played a a new year's new year's eve round and Kev, sub 80 for the first time in a long time. I'm going to call you out here. Uh, tremendous play leading into the new year. So I don't know if that'll carry over in 2024, but certainly ending 2023 on the shittiest and then the greatest uh, note back to back. Yes, um, I was very happy with that New Year's Eve round. Um, I, I was going to say not, not going into the simulator league with, in not the best of mental spaces, obviously breaking those two clubs. When I walk back into that clubhouse, I'm going to sort of have some demons to to get past but um yeah playing that new year's eve round helped um i played the best i played in a long time i've never broken 80 before my broken 80 before in my life so i was very very happy to do that um but i will also say uh ed played also a phenomenal round and this is how you know he's he's getting very good at golf so uh i, I don't think i've told anybody this but i i another milestone for me was i made three birdies in this round um which has never happened to me before either um, I was very proud of that. I believe Ed's round, he only made one birdie, if that's, if I'm remembering yeah, seven, correctly. 17, 17. 17, yeah. Um, and he Many beat chances. me by like, and he beat me by like seven strokes. And it's because he just made like 15 pars, you know? So um, he's getting very consistent with his game. He made at worst, I think, bogey, nothing worse than that on a couple holes. But um, yeah, incredible showing. But but a, a great round for both of us. And hopefully that means good things going into this simulator league. Yeah, I would say John Courier, if you're listening to that, like take notes right there. I, I'm coming for you. I am grinding. You and Dave, I know Dave doesn't listen, but like when I'm taking every practice rep, I told I told somebody else from uh, from our thread tonight, when I'm practicing, I'm just picturing like I need to make a clutch shot to beat Dave uh, at at our event. And that's my motivation. It's like having Drago on the mirror when Rocky's training in Russia. Like that's that's my motivation this year is uh, that that is finally going to happen. And all the uh, all the trash talk will stop forever. Um, but but on to uh, on to bigger and better things. Enough about us. Let's get into what we do best. Um, you know, first tournament of the year. Century Tournament of Champions, obviously not the first tournament of our survivor pool, which we'll get to, um, but the first chance to see a lot of the names that we're going to see all season perform. 
And uh, I don't know where you want to start, but sort of like an undramatic win um, from Chris Kirk, like not a ton of drama down the stretch, which is sort of a credit to his golf, uh, which has been pretty great for two years. Um, but my, I have two big takeaways. Uh, the first thing I have written is same shit, different day. And it's in relation to Scotty Scheffler, who once again, as is sort of his pattern, finished uh by far the best in every tee to green statistic that you can basically think of shots gained off the tee shots gained on approach and uh, did not win and did not really contend uh, on Sunday um, because he had 15 missed putts inside 10 feet over the weekend, uh, which is just sort of his typical thing. Um, I know kids uh, who was sort of on commentary called it out a little bit, like some weird setup things with like his putting, and, and Kiz, just to go on a tangent, like an excellent like refresher to the commentary booth. I thought he sort of really got into a great rhythm uh, on Sunday when he was allowed to do a little more like extended extended commentary. I, I enjoyed um, sort of a brush, a breath of like casual, loose commentary um, to sort of break up the usual monotonous golf commentary. But yeah, Scotty Scheffler just like in the same form as last year, like amazing from tee to green, but still can't quite get it together and didn't contend. And then, as usual, like Jordan Spieth, just like tremendous entertainment as usual down the stretch. Like all the conversations you would possibly want, um, a drive into the very top of a lip of a bunker down the stretch, which, you know, he has his hands thrown up. He's yelling at his caddy, like wondering what to do. And just like every single thing he does just has me like on the edge of my seat. And I read I read sort of a joke on Twitter that um, – Scotty Scheffler shoots 63s that feel like 72s. Jordan Spieth shoots 68s that feel like 59s. And that's exactly how I feel watching him. Like, it's just nonstop entertainment. I'm sort of upset he's not in the field this week. But, like, if this is what the Spieth season is going to bring, like, this type of drama, that also correlates to this type of success because he finished, you know, just two shots off the lead. Very, very, very excited for that. Um I know I just said a lot, but you know, what were your main takeaways uh, over the weekend? If you got to, to watch any of that, yeah, I did uh, did watch quite a bit. Uh, first of all, I love the the primetime golf of this tournament and swine swing, which is kind of the time it comes on TV is great. Obviously, Kapalua and the plantation course, like the views are just unbelievable. The the uniqueness of that course and the sort of just all the slopes and the, and the runouts of the, of the drives and all that. Um, you just don't really get to see anything like that for the rest of the PGA tour season. So um, if you haven't seen it before um, even this year or in previous years, definitely something you want to check out for next year. But um, yeah, to hit on a couple of your points, I loved Kisner as well. Um, first of all, the bar is just so low, right? Like yeah, um, yeah. he doesn't have to do a lot to, to, He's always already kind of, I think, generally in the public approval in this sort of space just because of the stuff he does with Barstool. Um, but I think also his willingness to, as you, Ed, you alluded to it with the calling out of Scotty Scheffler, basically saying that, like, you know, he, you can't. Obviously, he has the the unorthodox like footwork and setup in terms of his driver and, and the comments that he made, if you didn't hear them, were about him always sort of fading the driver. And, and it sort of works for that. Um, and what he said is you can't really fade your putter like that. Like you need to have a sort of like a tra tra more traditional setup. And um, I think his willingness to like call out some players and, and like say negative things about them just makes him unique to other guys in the space who just um, aren't or, or were not willing to do that. Um, and it's just a little bit refreshing to, to hear that kind of stuff. So yeah, I thought he was great as well. Um, 
Yeah, the Scotty stuff. I don't know. It's just same stuff. Like, I don't know what I'm rooting for, honestly. If I'm rooting for him to figure it out and like just dominate, I might just be rooting for him to continue with this because it's like more. This fun is just... this is the most interesting thing in the world. It's like <laughs> yeah, how yeah. how many putts can you miss inside ten feet and still win? Like, it's a competition <laughs> yeah. that only he can sort of win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Spieth um, is great. Also, golf golf needs him to be in convention in contention, I should say, and. Um, you know, in the past, when he was first coming up in his career, when he was in contention, it was because he was just dominating tournaments. And now you're seeing him sometimes a lot of times in contention and he's he's not coming out on top in the struggles and and continues to have like the comments towards his caddy, to, like just blaming him a lot of times for these bad numbers that he's getting. Um, uh, it's just so funny that he's, he's, he's just such an intense person and gets um, so into every shot and 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 always has something to say. So um yeah, golf golf needs that. Um, whether he wins or loses, it, it's entertaining either way, um, and more people watch either way. So um, yeah, I, I think I think Ed, you and I spoke on this uh, maybe our first golf pod back, but he's one of the most important people that the PGA Tour has left in their field. Right, not the most talented golfer, but the most important people that can draw eyeballs and and. Um, get them sort of the views and the interest I think that they're looking for. So, yep, totally agree with that. And and like you said, it's not only because of the on-course success, which has been quite, quite great. Um, but he's, I think one of like the few, like casual fan, like recognizable golfers. Like I think the hardcore people like us sort of like him because of all the, like the intimate moments that we see between him and his caddy and all those theatrics and all that's fun. And um, we sort of know the struggle that he went to, went through like with his swing a few years ago. Um, but he's also like like a mainstream guy, like one of the like a young dude who signed with Armor Under Armour like real early, was on like a like a Tiger S track for a little bit. He's not that anymore, but he's still he, yeah, he brings the entertainment to to everybody that I think everybody can relate to. Um, and yeah, I enjoyed uh, you know, he's lining up like a three footer, and this sort of goes back to like the kids like honesty. And he's uh, you know, he he steps off it talking to his caddy about the wind on a four and a half foot putt steps up to it, like, you know, pushes it right, like looks at his caddy, like throws his putter up. And I think kids made some comment, like, you know, like sometimes you just got to walk up to a three footer and make it. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, all right. Like, that's what we like to hear. Like some actual, like down to earth, like honest commentary from a dude that's qualified to do it. Um, I don't want him to like put his golf career on hold, but I do think when he decides to do that, like his has a pretty good future um, in sort of like that color commentary role. Um, I've never seen anybody better than Phil at it, but like his sort of is, you know, next best that we have right now. Um, I'll sort of close out like, you know, recapping our bets. Uh, Sung JM, like big winner for me, broke the uh, 72, 72 hole birdie record in this tournament and still only finished fifth, 34 birdies over 72 holes. Pretty good ratio for him right there. Um, he sort of looked to be back in form. Um, other guys that I really thought played quite well, like I liked how Colin Morikawa looked. Um, Scotty, again, T to green, if there are any questions on whether that hot streak was going to continue, that is obviously going to continue. And then some guys I was sort of disappointed with, um, you know, over the weekend and sort of based on their pre-tournament odds. Um, a little stunned by Ricky Fowler uh, sort of being like bringing up the rear of the field, not quite at the rear, but certainly never really in contention. Uh, Hideki, like sort of an off week. And then uh, sort of a dark horse that everybody was picking um, to win. Tom Kim uh, also like really sort of struggled 
Um, and, you know, I guess when you walk out of a tournament like 13, 14 under, like you wouldn't think that's a struggle. But like at this tournament, when the winning score is 29 under, like it means you're well off the pace. Um, so I know a couple of those guys will be in the field this week. And uh, yeah, let's get right back to it. You know, we're in another Hawaiian tournament, which um, and Kev, I know you alluded it to alluded alluded to it is like a great time zone for us on the East Coast to watch. Like you know, rounds are finishing up like six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night, which is fantastic. Um, another beautiful track as we go to Wale Wal Wale Country Club. Uh, I can spell it. I can't say it, but it is something like that. Um, like like the Kapalua plantation course in that we are expecting uh, another tournament winner, like in the twenties uh, under par uh, to win this tournament, but quite different um, when we're going to look at how this tournament will be played. Um, and this again is the season opener. Uh, the first cut of the season, our survival pool will be starting. So, you know, again, um, if you're listening this far, top 50 will advance. So even if guys make the cut, they may not make that top 50 just to get that out of the way right now. Um, but some interesting names in the field. We're going to see the debut, uh, re-debut of Will Zalatoris, who's been on the shelf with an injury. Gary Woodland will be making his return from brain surgery. Excited to see those guys back. Um, but while Kapalua was sort of a, um, I mean, you saw balls rolling out like 45, 50 seconds in the fairway, uh, probably not going to get that same type of style uh, this week. Um, the Sony in this course, uh, particularly at least from the research that I've done and, and remembering it like the last couple of years, um, brings every single golfer uh, in the field into play. It is is it is a course that doesn't prioritize distance. It is a true uh, second shot sort of positional course. Um, the way I see it, a lot of dog legs, uh, firm and fast, and I think more of like less than driver positional plays off the tee, positional plays to the green. Um, and will sort of reward guys who, in my opinion, are good ball strikers, good wedge players, and, and have good short games versus just the pure bombers. Um, I don't know if you're seeing it the same way. And, and you know, to speak to that, um, like 7,000 yards, right? Just over 7,000 yards, par 70, like very short for a PGA track. Um, yeah, so... Um... I see it pretty much mo mostly the same way I would say in terms of the course breakdown and the setup. Um, yeah, we, we will not see all those sort of like the undulation and the runouts that we saw of this past week. This course is incredibly flat, um, short, as Ed mentioned. Um, one thing I did notice though, when I was looking up kind of before we um, started recording tonight was that this course actually rates, I believe it uh, said third most penal in those who do not for those who do not hit fairways uh yes. meaning like when you when you miss the fairway here uh there are only two courses that penalize you more harshly than this one i believe it was east lake and I, I can't remember the other one but um so driving accuracy very important but i did also see um that this course is also very rewarding for driving distance so it's very it's like kind of unique in that aspect at least from what i saw um in that normally like when you have courses that um, are very penal when you miss the fairway, that typically rewards guys who are not as long off the tee and are more accurate. Um, this course, from what I saw, rewards guys who are accurate 
and long, which spoiler, like if you're accurate and long, you're going to succeed very well on most golf courses. That's not, you know, what I'm not the, really the point here, but, but it's just this course in particular seems to have more of a, um, uh, the numbers are skewed more towards that than, than anything else I see. And I think that that might be one of the reasons why, um, you see Ludwig Ober. I, I know it's Ober, but I, I'm going to continue. Aber, yeah. Aber, just just yeah, saying yeah. how it should be said. <laughs> yeah. I just don't, it's easier to say Aberg, And I, I also don't really care if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly, but yeah, I think that's why you see him sort of at the top of the odds board. Um, I think that if he had done, had like a decent showing last week. And I spoke, if you listen to last week's show, I spoke about this a little bit. Um, his greatest strength is, is driving super long and super straight. And that just gets kind of mitigated when everybody's hitting the fairway and everyone's having hundred to 150 yard rollouts, whatever it happens to be. And, and you're seeing drives over yeah. 400 yards and everything's course, settling like, in the uh, same spot too. last. Yeah. Week. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like, like all drives are just ending down in that Hill, like in every, every single hole, it felt like, right. Like if you're an amazing driver, that's not the course that you want to go to. Right. And I think it's a little bit different this week. Um, I think if he had put together a better week last week, you'd see him at something more like a, I don't know, 12 or 10 to one as, as sort of like the clear favorite. Whereas now I, I was looking at it today. I see he kind of bounced back and forth between like 16. I saw him at 18 um, a couple hours before we recorded. So he's kind of like maybe the favorite or up there with, you know, Hatton and Fitzpatrick, maybe about, about the same number now, but um yeah, that, that's what I'm kind of looking at. Is is he, I'm I'm really big on him this week just because of his his driving ability, probably more so than I was last week. Yeah, I freaking love watching that dude play golf. Like I, I'm I'm not personally on him very much this week. He does come in one of my plays, um, but I just think like like I I want I want to I want to be you know betting on him on a course where his distance will be rewarded in the greatest possible way. And me personally, I just don't think this course will do it. Um, but let's see who we're on. Like, I, I know we sort of, I was looking at the board, like, and it was sort of tough for me to get five plays. Um, we're both coming off winning weeks overall. I, I think I went four and one in the betting and plus 80, $80. I don't think, I think you may have gone two and three, but again, like you hit your big one. So you're plus $94. So I'm dealing with 1080. You're dealing with 1094. Um, I've certainly decided based on the pressure of, of your last week's pattern to up my units a little bit, which will go, I guess, one way or the other. Um, but let me start, uh, my, my first play I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go back to Ludwig cause we just mentioned him and he is part of a, uh, to make the cut parlay, uh, which DraftKings offers. And, and the one that he's in is it's, it's him, Ludwig Aberg, uh, Justin Rose, Ben on and Matt Kuchar all to make the cut. And that's at plus two twenty. Let and me stop I'm, you because this this will be the first time Ed and I are on this week two the exact on same the, on the same exact same play. Unbelievable. Yes. Wait, what, what what's your risk though? Forty bucks. Oh wow! See, I only went twenty. Okay. <laughs> wow, right. that's wild. So we, I mean, spoiler alert: we don't we don't uh like pre pre warn each other who we're gonna be betting on. That's pretty crazy. Um. But I saw all those guys, and frankly, like all four of those guys were sort of on my mind um, in you know the the various survivor pools and one and duns that I'm in this week. Um, I just think that's a tremendous number, um, you know, for for all of these guys. I sort of like just the sheer talent of of Ludwig and Ben on um, by itself. But then uh, you know this this tournament in this course particularly is also a course that has great correlation to past success. Um, to future success and Kucher and Rose sort of have both traditionally 
played quite well here. I know Rose had a really weird uh, tournament of champions, but came back very great uh, on Sunday. I just like sort of his short game here. Um, and then Cooch's course, course history is, is great here. So I, I like that a lot. Um, I guess I'm a little more confident than you. You went 20, you said. And $20. I'm, I'm yeah. there at 40. All right. All right, interesting. Well, that's I love that. That's that's one each. That's one each. Okay. Right, why don't, yeah. So I stole your thunder there. So why don't you uh, why don't you go next? No, that's all right. Yeah. So that that's one of my plays. Yeah. That that and you know we we just did speak about Ludwig, but that was a way that I found like you, Ed. I'm not really on him in any other way um, besides that bet. I was very close to betting him outright. I'll be very honest. When I saw it get to 18. Um, just because I want to be early on him, I, I know he won in the fall swing, but I think he's going to win again on the PGA Tour this uh, year. Once he does, um, I think I think you're alluding to that. Like once he does, I think like you know he's going to be the favorite in like every single tournament. Yeah, you're not going to see that high of a number, I don't think, on him for very long this year. So um, I, I was very close to it, but I, I just can't couldn't bring myself to to bet um, at that. Betting the favorite is, is just always I don't know. There's something I have like a stigma against that. Yeah, I'm with you, but um. So yeah, that was the only way I found to get him involved. Um, but I also, yeah, speaking just flashback to last week too. I had two bets that I just I, I had a I had a solid week last week in the betting, but it, it could have been a, a very solid week if not for Colin Morikawa not quite losing the first round leader by one stroke, um, and then also Xander Shoffley falling outside the top five, having a, that was brutal. The most pedestrian of pedestrian rounds on. Uh, Sunday, so ten straight yeah. pars on Sunday on a course where everybody's making birdie it was just crazy to watch. Yeah, so that was two big losses. I had the twenty-two to one, I believe, on Morikawa, and then I had the if Xander had made the top five, I would have hit at plus three twenty or whatever it was. So the, those would have been um or six. I can't remember. I don't remember sixteen to one on the par on that top to finish one, parlay. Yeah. Yeah, so hitting both of those would have been would have been a very solid week. But that that brings me into my next bet for this week. I'm going to continue um, to chase the first round leader, partially because I love this guy, but also because I'm just chasing the first round leader. I'm going to go with um, I think a lot of guys going to be on this guy this week. Corey Connors. Mm -hmm. um, if you've seen his 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 results at this course are are very strong. Um, and if you know anything about Corey Connors, his putting is horrendous. Um, but not here. He actually puts very well at this course. One of the few, few stops on tour where he does putt well. Um, I believe in the outright market, he is 22 to one. Um, so I went with the first round leader just because I know he's like incredibly streaky and, and he can, he can put together like a really solid um, singular round. And I was attracted to his first round leader number, which is 40 to one, um, which I think is super high. So um, I did ten dollars to win four hundred on that. Interesting. Yeah, Connors is a uh, a very popular survivor play this week. I believe I'm on him in our our pool. Um, with a spoiler alert there, putting is always a concern. But like you said, he he's you know if you're if you're talking about ball strikers and accurate off the tee and long off the tee, like he fits that bill. Um, and then yeah, he puts well here for for some reason based on every other every other thing that he has. Um, all right. My next play is I sort of took a page out of your book from week one and I had one of the, uh, five, 10, 20, like top finish parlays. And here are mine. I have Matt Fitzpatrick, top five, Brian Harmon, top 10 and Benny on top 20. That's 50 to one. And I'm putting $20 on it. Wow. Fifth, five, zero to one. five, zero to one. Wow. And I just like I I saw that and like bet like on for me is sort of like am I getting like 
am I getting too invested in like a flash in the pan, like stretch of form here? Like he sort of concerns me. Like the top five is always tough, but I feel like if you're getting like the, the T one betting favorite in the top five, like I like those odds. And then like, if you're going to talk about a course that in theory fits Brian Harmon's game, which is like short game positional play, like solid, solid golf. Like this is the one. So I'd say like, I'm a little worried about the, the, uh, Fitzpatrick top five, but I really sort of like the other two and 50 to one is just an outlandish price. So yeah. I'm going for the knockout, pri- the knockout punch here, 20 bucks at 50 to one. Wow. Uh, uh, you, that was on DraftKings. Yeah. Wow. I can, I swear to God, I stared at these every single odds offer for about two it hours. Was, it I- was a lot today. Like same, yeah. same. I really I, grinded this I, out, but I like that one. But I didn't see I didn't see them even offering those bets to be honest. Like the one that I played last week is interesting. Um, I must have just missed it, or they didn't have it offered. I, I'm not sure. I, um, but yeah, I would have been I would have been back on something. But I love that. Can you can you list it one more time? Sorry, the top five. Matt Fitzpatrick top five. Brian yep. Harmon top ten. Benny on top twenty. Top twenty. Wow, I love that. Yeah, there um, are some good ones. There are some good ones. Like I'm looking at the list right now. There aren't a ton of variety here. Um, but yep. like I saw a bunch that were like quite attractive to me, like the uh, Fitzpatrick hat in Aberg top 10, 5, 10, 20 in that yep. order, like 28 to one for that, where it's like, wow. man, you're getting the three betting favorites to sort of just like play. Well, it's I don't know. Some yeah. of those were very attractive. I'll be on them with my personal money, but that's going to say one I might, that I'm on. might have to get on there in real, in real life. Yeah. OK, I love that. OK, Um Let's see. All right. I'm going back to the well, uh, like I did in week one with my big time, big dollar tournament matchup bet. Um, I'm going to say I got a little lucky with my win uh, last week, Um, but I am going to go back to back here. I'm going to get back on board with Chris Kirk uh, over Ben on who I do think Ben on is going to have a decent week, but I just love, um, I loved what I saw out of Chris Kirk. Um, and I think that he has like the demeanor and the personality. And uh, I, I, if you're looking for a guy to have successful back-to-back weeks, I think this is a good spot for that. Uh, it, normally, I'll be honest, it does scare me off a little bit when you have the winner from the previous week kind of having that letdown. But I just don't think he's that type of guy. And I think – Obviously, this is a lot of speculation, but I think he's like at the point in his career where he feels like he's probably playing some of the best golf that he's going to play in his career right now. And he's going to want to try to sort of ride this wave and run of good form at the beginning of the season, maybe rack up some FedEx Cup points and and try to carry himself into like a playoff appearance um, down at the end, uh, towards the end of the season. So I I just I think he's going to perform very well again this week. So I'm going with that. Minus 120, he's the favorite over Ben on. So 120 to win 100. All right, another huge, huge chunk bet there. I like that. Yeah, Kirk is uh, ultra solid, ultra solid. It's almost like not fun to bet on him because it's so like unspectacular. Yeah. But that's who I mean, I'm, that's the, my that's my yeah. theme: Russell Henley and Chris Kirk in the yep. matchup. That's boring as it gets. <laughs> All right. All right. I like that. I like that. I certainly hope it doesn't hit because I'm on. I'm on Benny in a lot of bets this week, so I need him to I need him to show out. Um, but we'll see. Uh, all right, my third is uh, a bogey-free round one, and I'm going Matt Fitzpatrick bogey-free round one. That's five to one, and I'm going twenty dollars on it. Um, I just like the I like the ball striking. Uh, 
Fitzpatrick is one of the leaders in three putt avoidance uh, and also is, is pretty good scrambling as well. Um, so again, it was just the best, the odds that looked best to me. And it's sort of a fun thing to get, like, you know, that I can sort of be, be done with on Thursday. So I like those odds five to one, 20 bucks, Matt, 20 bucks, Matt Fitzpatrick bogey free. Yeah. I like that. Um, he sort of plays that style where you just think, uh, he's not going to make any bogeys, right? I saw those, uh, plays being offered also like the bogey free rounds, whatever it was. I was just looking for a bit higher of a number. Um, but He's certainly a guy I'm considering this week is even for um, survivor. Um, I think he's just a good play for that as well. Okay. Um, my next one is going to be a top 30 bet. Um, I haven't done one of these yet, so I'm going to try it out. I'm going to go with Davis Thompson listed at plus 240 to uh, be in the top 30. I'm going to risk uh, $30 to win $72. Um if you haven't heard of this guy, he's came on the PGA tour last year. Um, he had a very solid fall swing. A bunch of like top twenties, thirties, forties, just kind of really solid finishes making cuts. Um, but the reason I really like him is he ranks 26th in strokes gained off the tee in this field. Um, and 16th in total driving, which combines distance and accuracy. So, um, going back to some of my points before about sort of being able to combine those two things, um, he's just been really strong ball striking coming on um, in his very short, young career. Um, and so I like him to have sort of a nice week and, and get inside the top 30 there. I was hoping for a little bigger number, but when you're betting top 30, they're not going to give you too much. So I'll take yeah. plus 240. Surprising. He's real solid. I like that number for him. I didn't I didn't really get into those odds since they were uh, sort of boring to bet those last week. But it's always yeah. fun when you get two, almost two and a half to one on them. Um, Texas kid, right? David Thompson, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. Yep. He's a good player. Um, I got a less boring uh, top 20 bet this week. Way less boring than the top 30. Um, I like Keegan Bradley, top 20. That's also uh, positive 240. I'm going to go 20 bucks on that. My reasoning is uh, Keegan Bradley rates out very well uh, in courses that reward less than driver off the tee. I don't know how I forgot how it was exactly uh, phrased in the analysis that I was reading. Um, but when you're, you're forced to sort of play more positionally off the tee, uh, he has a, a way better chance of succeeding. Uh, he's also sort of at, at or near the top third of the leaderboard. Um, I don't like him to win this tournament because he's so volatile, but top 20 at a little under two and a half to one, I liked a lot. So I'll go with, uh, I'll go with Keegan there. Cool. Yeah. I, he's another guy I like for this week. I was trying to find a way to fit him in, um, but just couldn't figure out a way to get it done. But um, okay. So this is my final play, I believe. All right. Yep. I'm going to go with a two win the tournament bet. Um, I'm going to ride with my boy, Pat Mayo on this one. He's on this guy as well to win. Um, it's going to be Lucas Glover mm. at 50 to one uh, risking $10 to win 500. So I, um, he doesn't have super great course history at this tournament, to be honest. Um, but I just love the form he's been in. He's one of the best approach players in the field. Um, and I think he's just kind of at the spot in his life. Sort of sort of similar to to Kirk, where they're they're in just a really good stretch of form over the past six months or whatever it's been. And and um I like him to just sort of do really well. And if I'm gonna be betting outrights or even first round leaders, I'm gonna be looking, you know, when you're not actually betting your own money or, or you're betting with a fake thousand dollars, I'm going to be looking for guys who are at longer odds. Cause I, it's, it's real, it's very hard to hit outrights in golf if you've never tried it before. Um, and so if I hit one, I, I want it to be at sort of like lengthier odds. Right, really so pay off of, here. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that was one of the reasons I wasn't on Ludwig, as I mentioned earlier, and why I am on Glover, because just sort of the, the, the number attraction there. I like that a lot. I'm with you, by the way, in terms of what I like to bet and how I like to bet it. Like if I'm betting an outright, it very rarely is like the top five in the odds. It's just less, less fun. Um, I don't have an outright this week. Uh, I'd be curious, like odds aside, like who we sort of like to win this tournament. Cause I really had no idea when I was even looking at the board. Um, but let me, uh, let me close out my last pick here. It's um, a top 10 play. And I'm going with Denny McCarthy to finish in the top 10. That's a uh, positive 360. And I'll be going 20 bucks on that as well. Um, just a guy who can get very hot with a putter on a course that is not traditionally hard to putt with. Um, again, if we're going to be sort of playing it the way I think it's going to be played, which is a little more positional, um, a guy that can sort of, you know, not, not a guy who can compete really when the courses get super long, but, um, on these shorter courses, he always ends up like at the top of the leaderboard. So I like it at top 10, um, at a little over three and a half to one, um, because of the putting and because of the short game. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, like if you're, if you're picking the winner of this tournament, like I looked at the board, you got Pat and Fitzpatrick and, and Ludwig at 18 to one. And then Russell Henley is the next at 20 to one. And when you see like that sort of like dais at the top of the board, you know, you're sort of dealing with a weird week. Um, if I had to make an outright bet based on value, I sort of liked Justin Rose's odds at 35 to one. Like I'd sort of be in like that middle sort of middle third uh, of, of the tournament in terms of the value, like Keegan at 50 to one, even though I said, you know, he's a little, a little too volatile for my liking. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't, I, like I said, I wasn't a big fan of this board overall um, in terms of just picking, picking the winners because everybody's in play, but be curious on on your opinion on that. I guess if let me just let me give my actual prediction. I think if I had to if I have to pick somebody, I'll just be out be forthright about it here. I'll go Fitzpatrick to win. And that's that's boring, okay. but that's what I think. Yeah. Um if I had yeah, odds aside, I would go with Ludwig just because I would probably part of me just wants to sort of see that happen and and just get him sort of like a signature win. Um I think the almost if that happens at the be this year, Ed, you mentioned this earlier, like the the hype and the buzz and the and the betting numbers are just going to be astronomical. He's already get, getting so much respect in the betting market at all the majors in terms of his numbers. Um, and if he gets a win like in this early part of the stretch, it's only going to be um, to the nth degree more, you know. So, I almost think that the hype will go too far in the other direction. There might be a spot to fade him then if he does get this early win. Uh, but he would be my pick if if number was not uh, or the betting number wasn't um, in play. I will also mention um, two guys who had really great weeks last week, look great, um, um, look like they're in great form that I'm not as high on this week just because um, of how I think the course is going to play. One is going to be Sahith, um, and the other one is Eric Cole. Yeah, I'll probably get burned um, on at least one of these, and they'll finish top five because they've just been on an insane stretch, and and Cole especially like just doesn't do anything, it seemed, but make cut and then make make the cut and then like finish even better than that. So, um, but just their waywardness off the tee, um, I think is going to get them into a lot of trouble here. So I don't super love the, the setup for, for either one of them, but yeah, to, to go back to you, I, Denny is a guy who I, um, generally am on pretty often. I didn't love the setup for him last week. Um, and I think that sort of showed, uh, it just wasn't a good, 
sort of track for him. Uh, but I think he does bounce back this week and, and I like him to finish well um, also. Yeah. I'm yeah. Not- I look, oh, I, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. I, I looked also at the um, DraftKings has the, to miss the cut numbers. I know you're familiar with those. Um, yep. I didn't like any of the numbers that I saw, but I really wanted to be on um, either Sahith or Cole. Um, if the, if I had gotten a little bit more attractive number, I, I would have taken those guys as one of my um, five plays as well. I was strongly, strongly looking at Sahith to make the cut. I just don't think off the tee this course fits him. Definitely think it fits Cole way, way, way more than it fits uh, Thigala. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I would be I faded. I'm not I'm not on him in any sort of form or fashion. I just don't think this is the greatest course fit. Um, I personally was looking at those numbers as well, because if it was listed, I was going to take Zalatoris to miss the cut. I just think his name would bring a little bit of value to that number and nothing against his talent because it's certainly it's certainly immense. Um, but I just need to see it coming back from the injury, staying healthy, being in form. I just haven't seen him play a ton of competitive golf in a very long time. Um, so if I could have gotten, uh, you know, two, two and a half to one, like it would be sort of with golfers of his caliber. Um, that would have been attractive to me, but he's not listed. Um, and that was a little disappointing, but those are some fun numbers and certainly some numbers that I'll be touching uh, on this pool uh, going forward. Cause it is pretty cool. As much as it is cool to root for your guy to make the cut and finish top 50 in our pool. Um, it's equally as fun to sort of cheer the other way against a guy coming down the stretch, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Will Z is an interesting one. Obviously we know about the injury from last year. He did play in the hero, I believe um, in like early December and it was uh, abysmal. Like he, he could not have played worse. Um, so, you know, obviously we know about his talent, but yeah, in, uh, you, you mentioned it, just got to kind of see it. I do think it's going to be um, similar to like a Gary Woodland or a guy um I forget we named a couple other guys last year who had sort of down years last year, but we're looking to kind of bounce back a little bit. I think he could be in that category eventually. Um, and I would like to be early before he gets back to where he was. Um, but need to see something at least one time before I'm sort of willing to jump in on him also, I think. Yep. I'm with you. And, and a lot of guys answered some questions last week. I know it's going to be our first look at a few of these guys this week. Um, really sort of our first sample size of of real competitive cut golf and, and seeing what these guys are about. Um, yeah, I, I know we've brought it up sort of, you know, accessory most of this podcast, but the Survivor Pool starts uh, on Thursday. Uh, if you're still listening, you know, make your picks before Thursday. There will be no reminders. There will be no exceptions this year. Um, Got to be easier on the two of us chasing down dudes at, uh, you know, 6 a.m. West Coast time to try to make some picks. So this year you're on your own. Um, I know my wife is getting no suggestions from me. There's going to be no reminders. Like I am out for blood this year. I need to win one of these and put my stamp on what I'm hoping will be a, a highly successful golf golf year. Yeah. Um, excited to have the pool starting back up. Excited to have golf start back up. Um, thank you to everybody that's joined the pool thus far. We we reached our goal and then some. Um, so Ed and I have big uh, sort of aspirations for this pool as the years sort of go on and, and, um, we like to set sort of lofty goals in terms of the amount of players that we, that we want or entries that we want to get in. So thank you so much to everybody. Um, and yeah, have fun with it. You know, just um, stay on top of your picks, you know, have a know who, who you've picked um, submit an alternate, right. All that stuff is there to help you guys. I know it's a little bit more work, um, but if your guy yeah. goes down and you don't have one, you're going to be very upset. So, yeah. and I've seen um, some people submit their picks without one yet. 
it, it can't be that much harder to look at the field and just pick one additional name and put it in your email. And like I said, it's only it's only for your benefit. It was a it was yeah. a raw deal somebody got last year with some food poisoning. We we're trying to prevent that from happening again. But if you don't want the safety net, it's totally fine too. I I appreciate the uh, the arrogance that comes with submitting just one name. So. <laughs> Matt Jose, I'm talking directly to you right now. I know you're. I know you're more of the written word guy, but like, come on now, man. We've had a uh, we've had a few callouts in this pod. I love it. We're gonna that, that gets the listenership up. I think though. That's, so that's right. Good. We got to continue more of that. That's right. All right. That's uh. That's it for me. I don't know if you have any parting thoughts, but otherwise, like, very much looking forward to the end of the Hawaii swing right here and the Sony. Um, yeah, and in the beginning of the survivor pool, I know these first few weeks are always sort of a bloodbath. So we hope to, you know, get make that as as minimal as possible, but expect some carnage uh, going forward until you get a grip on on who's good and who's not. Yeah, even more so this year, if we're going top fifty. You know, it's going to be a lot of people out early. We saw that last year, and I think it's going to be maybe even worse this year. So don't get frustrated. Just buy back in, get That's that right. pot built up, <laughs> and keep That's it right. going. That's right. All right. See everybody next week. Newsletter comes out tomorrow.